2: If you've got a passion for pumpkin, you've got to get to Dunkin' and pick these up. Our new Pumpkin Cream Cold Brew. Smooth, bold cold brew topped with velvety pumpkin cream cold foam. And our delicious pumpkin
0: spice signature latte. Rich espresso topped with whipped cream, caramel drizzle, and cinnamon sugar. And our perfectly pumpkin donuts, munchkins treats, pumpkin muffins, and more. That's how we pumpkin at Dunkin'.
2: Pick your pumpkin at Dunkin' like our new pumpkin cream cold brew. Pumpkin spice signature latte. And our perfectly pumpkin treats. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Exclusions apply.
0: Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm, episode number 385. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Step4th Web Marketing, and my co-host is John Karka, the director of SEO for Advanced Local. How was your week off, bud?
1: Um, it was good. I considered myself retired for the week, and now I've come out of retirement. <laughs> well, that must
0: have be been nice. Yes. You just couldn't stay away, eh?
1: I'm thinking about going into retirement again. <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> yeah, I bet.
0: <laughs> uh, if only money would just keep flowing in the same way. Yeah,
1: if we could just figure out a way to not have to do things and still get paid, but then I'd get bored real quick.
0: Yeah. Then you'd always want more. Yeah, eh. exactly. I, I don't know how I'll re- completely retire. I love business too much, but it will be nice to have freedom. Yes. Anywho okay so let's <laughs> jump into this for generosio news and this was a total shocker for me uh, anyone who's listened to the show for uh, for years now um, knows that oh I just read the news frankly has known that Google's been trying to avoid paying uh, the European Union um, for news uh, essentially a lot of the news uh, cr- uh, creators in the in the european union were freaking out that google was getting was benefiting from their content well google has agreed to start paying for it now the caveat here that has absolutely no context yet is it is uh what did he call it uh i use their exact words quote unquote high quality content (laughs) so what the hell is that um as uh Greg Sterling says here on Search Engine Land, it didn't disclose any further information beyond the fact that the program will be part of a, quote, enhanced storytelling experience that lets people go deeper into more complex stories, unquote. Now, only thing I can take from that at this very weak news stage is that perhaps they only pay when people go to a certain point in the news, like they dig in deeper or something. I don't know.
1: Well, it says here, Google has signed licensing deals with both local and national publishers in three countries so far, Germany, yeah. Austria, Brazil, like you said, with more coming soon. Um, and down at the bottom of the article, it's basically, uh, you know, we can assume that this will be a global program, extend to U.S. publishers through Google, though Google has not confirmed that. Um, Select national publications are doing very well and have di- seen digital um, subscription growth, um, which I can attest to. Our, our digital subscription growth is is doing well; it's growing, but it's still nowhere near what it would take up to to take to make up for the loss in revenue because of all this uh, pandemic and all the stuff going on right now, where the demand is huge because everybody wants to know what's going on, but nobody's advertising because you know, businesses are just now starting to open back up and it looks like they might close back down again. So yeah. it's, so to me, this almost sounds like Google trying to be a good corporate citizen, knowing that it takes money to produce the news, to, to, to hire people to go out and get the news. And Google sounds like it's trying to support the industry, in my mind. Yeah. But they also were kind of forced into it by the courts in the European Union. <laughs>
0: Hopefully, it will work out and make sense. Yeah. Um, you know that if they don't go over the distance here, they're going to keep, you know, the European Union is going to keep pushing until it's what they consider fair. Um, let's just hope that there's a, a point there that makes sense. I mean, it does have to involve ruling, so um, it's not like they can just keep arguing forever, I guess. um it would become pointless at some point as long as there's some money being exchanged i guess that'll be better yeah Hmm. all right so that i know it's co-ish but you know google um news content it's obviously it's a big thing in in john's realm so i wanted to bring it up and and it's interesting too it's good to see um precedent being set it will affect results
1: yeah and, and it says very last greg said the very last sentence of his article Uh, makes a ton of sense. He's basically put it out there that uh, we know more, we'll know more uh, and whether this will be a meaningful source of revenue for publishers when more terms come out and the program launches later this year. So Greg sounds like he's writing it as if he already knows that the program is coming to the U S later this year. Um, So we definitely will find out one way or the other, unless Greg's just, you know, incorrect or Google changes its mind.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Fingers crossed, works out. Okay. So what's up? Ne- what's next year?
1: Um. So uh, this there's there's a new thing from for, this, this probably could have been in Mueller files actually now that I think about it. Someone was asking um, John Mueller on um, Twitter if using AMP for improving speed and getting better rankings is cheating, and basically, no, it's not. Um, and this is a good question to ask because um, next year, we, I think you and Scott talked about this last week. Um, when they launched the new, the new page experience update and the metrics going along with that, one of the things that's happening is the top stories in Organic Search, that little box for news at the top. So it's, it's top stories. Right now, it requires your pages to be in AMP for, for them to show up in top stories. Well, when the Page Experience stuff launches next year, um, there's no longer going to be a requirement for pages to be in AMP, um, to be in Top Stories. And Top Stories drives a ton of traffic if you can get in the first, you know, the first three in that carousel. Um, so it's very interesting that, that people are looking at AMP now um, as thinking that it might be a way to cheat. but really Google built it very specifically and had people implement it very specifically to speed up pages. So it's not cheating, um, to use amp to get better page speed and potentially improve your rankings. So it's simple as that, but it's going to be, it's going to come into context next year when these page experience metrics really kick in.
0: What's happening. Okay. Now, on a kind of a <laughs> giggle here, um, so uh, I've ranted, we've all ranted and raved a little bit about how Google likes to launch things and then just shut them down. Well, I this no, is, Google? Yeah, yeah, really. I thought this was kind of... Uh,
1: I, I think it's more like they like to launch things, let, get, let people get used to them, build strategies around them, and then shut them down. Yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, in this case, they didn't do a good job of either. Um, uh, I think this is pretty funny. Greg Sterling says, just as I was promoting Calljoy as a model for fee-based services for the small business market during my SMX next session this morning, I learned that Google was shutting it down. <laughs> the service <laughs> will end on July twenty second. It was another quote unquote area one twenty experiment. Um, this is an area that Google where they test things. It's an experiment. It's um, like their sandbox. I guess so. It was launched in May 2019. Uh, the idea was it was a virtual agent, uh, software as a service, offering answered calls, uh, filtering spam, including inside sales calls, and providing basic business information such as hours to consumers. It costs 39 a month. Um, it, the, the idea here was to keep people from getting to the front of your business uh, by phone and asking questions, the same questions every time. Uh, we've heard these systems before. They're a little annoying, especially if you really aren't calling for anything that's provided in the info. You're like, ah, oh, I just <laughs> want to talk to a person. But I see why businesses do it, especially when they're really busy and they're, they're right now low staffed as well, um, typically. Anyway, uh, it has sh- it's shut down. Now, it says probably not enough adoption. <laughs> well, is one of the things he he cites, and I can see why. It says, I had never heard of it. Um, you know what? There might be a tiny spark in my my memory of it being mentioned maybe when it launched.
1: Not me. I have but no clue what it
0: was. Now it seems like a totally new name to me. Um, so I don't know what's going on there. Why the maybe hell they didn't do a better job marketing that? I don't know.
1: Maybe they did rebrand it from something else. Cause that sounds like a name that just is, doesn't sound very Google like call joy.
0: No, it doesn't. Does it? <laughs> no. Huh? Anyway. Um, the, the, he says here, why do we care? And says, based on this experience, Google could in- conclude that software as a service products are too difficult to sell to SMBs, small and medium sized businesses. It might become reluctant to roll out much more such offerings in the future, although it has a great, had great success with G Suite. Anyway, um, I thought I, I cared just because it was kind of a chuckle that this is yet another thing that's going to be shutting down. Um, mm-hmm. Just be really careful, whatever you invest in with Google, and know that. You know, you are in their hands.
1: Well, I mean, there's another one too that they're doing the same thing to that I wasn't real familiar with, Google Partners Acceleration Program. Um, It's shutting down on June 30th. Um, And I'm not really sure the Acceleration Program, what it did, but they are, the people that were in it, they earned points, I know that, and they could trade them in for things, right? and people have to till they can trade in points any points earned before August 25th in 2020 which is 2 months after they shut the program down so that's kind of confusing maybe it's not for people in the program um but they can't they can't use any points they earn after that even though the program's already shut down oh maybe this is it because the cuz people that are in that program now are going to get invited into the Google Partner Rewards program instead and maybe their points will transfer
0: Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, gotta, you know, you got to change up names. What the hell? mean, It yeah. must be legal. It must be the legal team. I just don't see why any programmer would care about this crap. You know, be like, well, I don't want to change the name or just a new person at the head. I
1: don't well, know. Maybe, maybe if this points thing, maybe that's how people like um, Dave Davies recently got a Google bicycle. Maybe he's had points and traded his points in through this program for his Google bicycle. Oh, maybe. I didn't know about that. Huh? Yeah. And then things like, I mean, I, I know they used to have all kinds of swag they would give away. We used to get it all the time um, until the company that earned the points split off into its own company. <laughs> now they get them and we, we don't.
0: Um,
1: it's interesting, but that's two things like just this week that Google said, hey, eh, we're shutting this down.
0: Yeah, or pivoting in this case. Yeah. All right. Google tests star-rich star results with only one star icon. What is
1: this all about? So you know how the star icons, it'll usually show five stars, and then you know, three and a half of them are shaded in, and that means you've got a three and a half stars average rating oh, over yeah, the yeah, yeah. number of reviews. Well, all they're doing now is instead of showing five stars, they're saying 3.5 and then showing a star. So it's, it's telling you they've got 3.5 stars. Okay. It's not that different. It just looks different and people are used to seeing the five stars and all kinds of other places. So it'll be interesting to see how this goes over.
0: Well, and I think it's, it's a good idea from a mobile perspective. Um, well, yeah, for sure. Su- such tight, uh, real estate, unless you've got a, one of those new flip phones. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, uh, discuss, man, I haven't heard about that Place in a while. Discuss oh, yeah. is a, a, a conversation sort of plugin in a sense for your website. But a lot it's of a people comments have, plugin. Yeah, it, it just allows you to discuss particular articles or whatever. So, what's about this?
1: Well, there was an issue. Google was not discuss or not discussing. <laughs> they were not indexing <laughs> any of the content in the discuss mm-hmm. comments on a page, right? And this is this is it might not make a big difference if you don't have a lot of people interacting on your site, but if you're a big site and you've got a lot of people talking in the comment sections, whether you're a blog or e-commerce or wherever you're using this to to have people um, engage in your website, Discuss was a really easy way to do that. Just to plug in, to put into WordPress and boom, you've got really integrated, really, I mean, Discuss has a lot of great features in it, Mm -hmm. but none of that content was being indexed in search. Um, so Google has since fixed that. Now all that content on your site that is going to be visible again, um, that's to me, that's good and bad. Um, because I mean, you get that content, but now that content, um, I've, I personally on sites I've worked on have gotten, um, penalties or I shouldn't say penalties, um, filters, um, because of user generated content. And basically, you have to go clean out the content, moderate it better, and then you can get those filters removed. Um, so it's an interesting, it's interesting. I, w- I keep wanting to say double-edged sword, but I can't get into politics, and that would bring up a polit- political mm-hmm. discussion. But sorry, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's just if you if you're having problems with if you're using the discuss um, platform for your commenting on your website. And your, having problems with that content being indexed or you notice that some of the pages stopped performing as well as they were it could be because of the discuss issue where google wasn't crawling that content but now it is so check your site if you're using discuss um, look and see if you've had a recovery if you had dropped um
0: yeah pay close attention because this could
1: backfire for sure yeah it definitely could backfire
0: so, just for listeners who don't know, uh, Discuss is uh, spelled D I S Q U S in this case, the branded name. Yeah, good point. Um, and yeah, I, I, I did actually use Discuss eons ago. Um, Me too. For Stepforth, I believe. And it was intriguing. I didn't like the fact that the content seemed to be off site at that time. I'm not sure if that's the case now, but.
1: Apparently they fixed it.
0: Yeah. All right. <laughs>
1: Well, one of the things I liked about it was if it, if you were one of those kind of people that went to a lot of different websites, and a lot of those websites were using the Discuss platform, um, all of your all of your commentary, everything that you write, um, was all under your login at Discuss. Mm-hmm. So you could actually go and if you if you, you remember a conversation you participated in, but you can't remember which site it was on, you could actually go to Discuss, look at your commenting history and figure out where that was to add to it. It's not that that happened that often, but it was something you couldn't do normally.
0: Yeah, it was something else that happened over time. Maybe did they get sold or something. I don't know. Something turned me off using them. But I I admit there was a good platform.
2: Yeah.
0: Okay, well, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, some upgrades to the Google Test My Site tool. SEO
2: 101 will be back right after recess.
3: and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco at wmr.fm.
2: Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Here's the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high-quality professional podcast. Luckily for you, there's a solution to your problem. If you're an online marketer who really needs to grow an audience of buyers but can't do all the heavy lifting alone, then here's the solution you're looking for. Introducing the DFY podcasting system. Here's what you get. 30 minutes of one-on-one training, a weekly podcast for you or your company, distribution to almost every podcast portal, an embeddable player for your website, an ebook called How to Podcast, created for WMR.FM show hosts, and much, much more. And best of all, you'll start seeing results with the DFY podcast system within a couple of weeks. You're just one podcast away from growing brand awareness and engagement in your business. Log on to podcast.wmr.fm and sign up for a deeply discounted rate today. That's podcast.wmr.fm. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on webmasterradio.fm.
0: Welcome back to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm, hosted by John Carcut, the director of SEO for Advanced Local, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. So uh, a while back, Google launched a tool called the Test My Tool, Test My Site. Test, tool. My tool. test my tool.
1: <laughs> There's some test. tools out there that need to run themselves through a test my tool. site.
0: That's <laughs> true. It's true. So the test my site tool was kind of cool. I didn't really use it. It looked more like a vanilla thing for people just to get an overview. Um, and it still is somewhat. Um, but if you do run the tool now, you'll see more data that um, are relevant to the new web vitals. Um, and you can get a full report sent to you. So you'll get sort of a um, And overview, which is actually quite cool, Uh, very clean, of course, very Google, um, talks about, you know, um, the user experience, site speeds, um, mobile site speeds, uh, recommending... it says here, uh, making it, make it seamless after designing. This is for a step forth. I ran it on just for, for test. This is after designing an experience just for them, customers will be more likely to convert, make key actions like sign up, sign in and check out seamless. Of course, I don't have e-commerce, so it's kind of irrelevant to me, but um, they suggest uh, making your user experience tailored to each user, which uh, certainly is advanced and something that can be done, but not something I've uh ever leveraged in a basic or in a small business site. But um, anyways, it has uh, some new additions that might be worth running on your site and seeing how it looks. Uh, so it's If you want to go to it, it's at thinkwithgoogle.com. That's thinkwithgoogle.com forward slash feature forward slash test my site, all one word.
1: How similar this is, is, what is it, Lighthouse? What is the Google's?
0: Um... I have a feeling it's a... Uh, consumer friendly version of that
1: that's what yeah. I was thinking too yeah i' haven't, I haven't requested the full report, but when I do like the the one that's on screen, a lot of the stuff it's looking at show up in the in that report as well so I think yeah, i'm going to
0: actually do it myself right now, request it and see what it looks like, and uh, maybe I'll send a report for the next show there you go all right <laughs> I love this so Um, And and I've got to say, it actually has some merit here. But anyway, the title is the Google Assistant May Start Calling Businesses to Confirm In-Stock Inventory. So if you're familiar, in the past, they had uh, that big upgrade uh, they rolled out called Duplex, which allowed Google to call you, Google's assistant, to call a business and sound mostly human um, and ask to... They can book appointments for you. They could do a number of things. Well, what they're doing now, and the reasoning for it's quite actually clever, um, is they're calling businesses to verify stock. Um, I can see this being insanely annoying. Um, however, think? yeah. <laughs> however, it actually makes some sense because these days people, are, you know, let's say in the past, they were more than happy to go to a place go and find out it doesn't have stock and then walk to another place. But no, people don't want to do that right now, not with COVID-19. So they want to be sure before they go anywhere that they could be infected. Or they want to go and they want to um, pick up in their car, which is another option. And Google's pushing this kind of thing. But they do want to confirm in stock inventory so people don't go there for no reason. Um, Whether or not doing it this way is the best move is another thing entirely. I'm sure they'll find out soon enough. you'd think they'd have to store the answer in deep or something. So, or, or, you know, some sort of AI interface. So they yeah. don't call you about the same thing each time. You would hope. Yeah. Anyway. They, if are a
1: small business that only has like one or two employees and you keep getting calls, that's just gonna, there's gotta be a way to, cause I, I know if you go into Google um, my business, you can actually disable to where um the Google Assistant won't call for your business or won't make calls on behalf of your business um, or you won't accept those, I should say, calls from the uh, Google Assistant. And that probably, I'm guessing it works on this as well. So you can tell Google, don't call me. Hopefully. Yeah, Um, I I can't confirm it, but I would hope that that would be the case.
0: Yeah, I mean, and and it it does make sense. Here's a quote, says, for SMBs, communicating product inventory availability online has been a long-standing issue that many startups tried and failed to solve. Arguably, save one, Pointy, which Google acquired in January. However, the company hasn't yet fully deployed or tapped into Pointy's capabilities, quote. So that's for those who don't know, Pointy is a really very simple, apparently, dongle you can just attach to your computer that will allow your point of sale interface and essentially your inventory to go live to Google. So they always know what's going on in terms of inventory. Um, in case people want to buy, um, it's very cool. I I think it's, it it was brilliantly designed. I even looked at it before it got bought and thought it was pretty cool, but I can see why they pull up.
1: What's the difference between that and setting up a Google product feed with an API?
0: I don't maybe simplicity. Okay, maybe it is a Google Google data feed or an API. I don't know. Uh, I've never used it, um, but and I'm sure digging in, you'd find out pretty quickly what it does. know how accurate it will be, I
1: don't know. But. Yeah, just from my own curiosity, I'm probably going to have to look into that because I can't just imagine my my geeky tech self is like, okay, you get a truck pulls up to the back of your business that has 26 cases of product, and you have about 200 products in that 26 cases how do you go from the back of the truck to search results or oh, phone calls scanning software
0: that scans them to tell them what they have in stock just gets added to their inventory.
1: Right. But that gets, that gets added and there's so many different inventory platforms yeah, and they're not consistent. So how do you, that, that's why I'm like, well, there's gotta be a way to normalize inventory for them to be able to do this.
0: Which is, I think the selling point of pointy. I think it Which does is, that.
1: Yeah, that's that's what's making me curious. Yeah.
0: Yeah, check it out. Okay. I think anyone yeah. out there who doesn't have their, their stock online should check it out. It's I was impressed. Can't recall everything I read, but I was impressed. Uh, so it's nice to see stuff like that come out there and actually do well.
1: Yeah, it sure is. Of All course right, we haven't seen it do anything yet.
0: Well, no, it did do well. I mean it was busy. I just well Google I mean, just hasn't done a good job of marketing it yet.
1: That's what I mean. Since Google bought them, yeah, should, yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, this next
0: is um, an article from Barry Schwartz at Search Engine Land. Actually, I was about to say Roundtable, not. It's Search Engine Land. Uh, essentially, he's talking about an, uh, his recent presentation at uh, SMX Next. Um, he pretty much sums up, he says, okay, that the title is what 20 years of Google algorithm updates say about what SEOs should focus on next. So he talks about how he has been covering everything for the last 20 years in terms of the algorithm, all the main algorithmic updates, certainly been around the block and, you know, what he feels people should be focusing on next. Um, (laughs) And I'd like this, it was, it's true as it comes really, and, and it's nothing new. Um, but God, you gotta, I like driving this home. Okay, so I'll quote him here. Google's senior webmaster trends analyst, John Mueller, has joked that awesomeness is a Google ranking factor. You really need to objectively build a site that is unique, better, deeper, more trusted and authoritative than your competitors. Build an awesome site. My advice, which I've said numerous times and is easier said than done is to build something that Google would be embarrassed not to rank well unquote I like that that's that's totally cool. the, the way to think and you, you, when I, I always get these questions because I work with small business you know should I what, what keyword should I work into my content what should I do here I want to make sure this ranks well don't worry about it write really really well just write mm-hmm. like your heart your heart out and make sure it's extremely valuable, very thorough, the kind of thing that you would want to share and that you would think is awesome content. And most of the optimizations done at that stage, yes, we'll go in there and tweak a few things when it comes time, but really that's the focus. Google's semantic enough that it understands what you're trying to say, it'll connect the dots in many cases, and if it doesn't perfectly, we'll do our best to make sure it does.
1: See, I I kind of, I I agree with everything you just said and things that Barry said, but to me, there is always a, when you're talking about Google, there's always that exception, right? So which one is more authoritative and which one would Google be embarrassed not to rank well if you were looking at the difference between the Washington Post and the New York Times, right?
0: Mm, Tougher, tougher, yeah, to compare
1: like that. There's, 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 I'm not going to say extremes, but there are definitely outliers depending on the industry you're in where there's going to be multiple websites that are awesome sites, then you have to really get in and try to understand, okay, what's making one site do even just a little bit better than the other site. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and that that's definitely, the stuff that keeps us in business. Exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's the stuff that we get hired to do for audits and stuff. And we find amazing things. Competitor analysis is one of the things I just love. Um, mm-hmm. and, you learn so much and it's it's a win-win for us because we learn a lot even though we're doing the research for a client sometimes we find the most amazing things um it's Mm -hmm. been a long time but most of the time it's pretty vanilla but the uh, time you're surprised and yeah that's the differentiator in many cases yep for sure all right local seo we're in the next section here um google testing or rolling out a new three-pack carousel so this is on uh Mike Blumenthal's hidden blog. Has <laughs> he um, named
1: it that yet? He needs to name it that.
0: He does. <laughs> um, this is a very quick soundbite, but essentially he's noticed and apparently it's rolling out more than just a test to many um, that uh, there's now a new three pack showing. It tends to apply to um, uh, quoting him here. Uh, shopping related services, not for packs like lawyers or locksmiths, that sort of thing. So in this case, he's always using his example of a jewelry store uh, that he works on. And when he shows that in this results, he's got screenshots here. um, It it provides imagery based on the search. Um, He said, if you do uh, a search for engagement rings or earrings, the first image will reflect that query. Um, so, but what happens is kind of cool is you can scroll. This is mobile. You can pull those images over and scroll through them all within the three pack. Now, um, we'll see how that pans out in the end, whether or not it sticks around.
1: Uh, so but, how, what does that mean for image optimization for your e-commerce site?
0: Well, that's a good question. I was going to, I was ch- digging in a little bit. Then I realized it was a, <laughs> a bit of a, a endless Rabbit hole. hole? Yeah. Just because I wondered whether or not these were images that were being submitted to Google plus or plus, good Lord, Google, my business, (laughs) speaking of things that have been shut down Um, or, you know, you've just added them, you know, with proper information about what you're seeing or whether or not it's being taken from an API, like a a shopping feed. Maybe it could do both. Maybe I don't know.
1: Um, That's a good question. And are those images only from the listed site? Because I know it used to be like in news, you could see a news block and it would show three or four stories on the same topic and then an image that goes with them. Well, the image could be from any site. It didn't be one of those sites that were listed there. So I wonder if these images have to come from
0: our... I'm 99.9% sure that it is from that place. Otherwise, it wouldn't make any sense at all, especially for jewelry, since you're looking at their quality.
1: Okay, so if that's the case, you've got two issues you have to think about. One... Is um, duplicate content and imagery because most e-commerce websites will take the manufacturer's image that they were sent when they ordered the product or you know got the got the uh, wholesale contract to sell the product. They were sent imagery that stock imagery from that manufacturer. That pretty much everybody who's selling that that product is using the same image. So you got duplicate content issues to deal with there. Yeah. Um, second is. You know, in this, in his case, in his example here, um, uh, um, Mike used you know the jewelries and the the one he's got showing and going across is like a necklace, right? Well, if you have two hundred necklaces on your site, how do you know which one it picks? What if it picks one that's that you're out of stock on, and you're not going to be back in stock for a while? But your strategy is to leave the page there to to bring people into your site, and then you know, give them other options.
0: I can put part of this to to uh, bed and that is okay. to rest because I can see that these images are submitted to Google My Business. I'm looking at her Google My Business profile. So okay. Google is using the imagery from there at the stage anyway. What I don't see is any kind of description about what each of these are. Oh. So unless Google is actually Doing image recognition and knowing, like you said here, engagement ring or re- earrings. Like if it can look at it and tell it's a earring or something, that is better than I am. Because <laughs> some of these things, you never know. I mean, it's there's close-up photos. Obviously, some are rings and some are pendants. But you know, at times you'll never know, because right. they'll just show that the, the the inset. They won't sh- show the connector. Will it be an earring or will it be a brooch or whatever? I don't know.
1: Right. Anywho. Is there any way to update those if for some reason it's wrong?
0: Yeah, exactly. Anyway, it's I do think it's a, an enhancement, uh, maybe a, a step forward to a future where Pointy is used to enhance these things with live stock. That would be pretty cool.
1: Yeah.
0: Much more useful. That's for sure. All right. Oh, yes. you put this one here about political commentary.
1: So, um, this is about Google Posts in in, uh, my business, Google My Business, and if you're not using Google Posts, they're really effective, Mm -hmm. Um, and they're they're really designed to um, publicize like specials, and sales, and events that you have coming up, things that are happening at your physical location, um, or that kind of stuff for Google Post. To, to, so when someone sees your, your business listing, they say, hey, look, they got a sale going on next weekend, 4th of July sale starts on blah, 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 that kind of thing, right? Well, people have started using it for political and social commentary or personal rants. So Google's clamping down on that. You're not allowed to do political or social commentary or personal rants in those Google Posts. And if I'm assuming they're going to get reported. I doubt Google's going to go in and analyze, you know, use AI to analyze everybody's Google posts. But if someone reports it as political or social commentary or something, it's going to get pulled down. Hmm. Um, So so use them what they're supposed to be used for, and you should be safe.
0: All the stuff they seem to need to say that just doesn't you know why would anyone leverage those for that sort of thing anyway
1: whatever people I mean. do all kinds of stuff <laughs> yes they do <laughs> people are uh, i mean i wish there was a word you could use to describe people but the only one i can think of is people <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs>
0: so humans we are unique <laughs> yes. indeed all right next up here oh yeah so I thought this was particularly interesting for obvious reasons because I'm owner of, uh, co-owner of a, f- a dental marketing company. But in this case, a fellow dental marketing company posted in the local search forum for Joy Hawkins to reply to. And it talks about the very odd categories that Google puts into play at times when you're trying to associate a, a, a Google My Business listing, you have to pick categories. Uh, in this case, the person needed to pick a category that, um, uh, where is exactly what he said here?
1: Are you looking at uh, that? Just dental
0: so implants. Know. He does dental implants, this particular dentist. But, the, okay. but he's not a periodontist. It's very important to dentists that they do not specify that. They can get really hot water. But the only category that Google allowed said dental implants periodontist. So he couldn't add it. As a result, thanks to Joy, he reached out, and Google has changed it now, and the uh, category is now called, or at least one of them is called dental implants provider. Um, oh. Now, in this case, his catch is that he can't use it in his own region, which is weird, I guess, because it's just rolling out still, um, but it will definitely be uh, important later for, yeah. for business. So. What I guess I, I wanted to post this here for is if you find yourself in the same position where a category is just plainly not allowed, you know, just simply not allowed from your your overseeing board or whatever, uh, there are ways to fix it. Yeah, you know, and Google will listen. I do suggest reaching out to people like Joey Hawkins, fellow Canadian, woo-hoo, who um, <laughs> is a wonderful lady, and she definitely helps out. But the localsearchforum.com is uh, the place to sign up and.
1: Well, it's interesting because that, that kind of category thing directly impacts us because there is no SEO category and it's like, well, the only thing I think the closest you can get to is digital marketing, which
0: is fine. We kind of do all that now
1: anyway. It's kind of fine, but a lot of people don't do it all right. And then you, then you're competing with people that do all kinds of digital marketing in that local space when all you need is SEO because that's all you do.
0: Mm. Fair enough.
1: yeah, I just I wonder. I, I have I guess they have to have some some kind of guide rails as far as what categories you know.
0: You can have uh, thousands and th- thousands if they didn't. Yeah. We're careful.
1: Without <laughs> doubt. Yeah, I mean,
0: like it's it's sort of like uh, have a category in, um, in WordPress, but you can still have tags. Yeah,
1: except you it, can't it, have tags in Google My Business. No,
0: but they, they that'd be an option. I guess they use the description as kind of like a tag. You know, description should have be, more yeah. information as well. All right, so last up here, a Mueller you know, file.
1: A Mueller file. And this is a recap of something that we should all know by now, but just in case you don't, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to be mean and say something mean, but uh, in case you don't know this, um, Google, again, has said very specific- specifically, they don't measure eat in the search algorithms. So in 2019, um, Google said, we don't have an EAT score. What is EAT? EAT is um, expertise, expertise, authority, and I keep wanting to say technology. No, it's expertise,
0: trust. authoritativeness, and trust.
1: Yeah. I use, I personally use ART, not EAT, authority, technology, and trust, or er, um, <laughs> relevancy. Yeah, ART, authority, relevancy, trust. We'll confuse people. What is
0: EAT? Okay, so we got that down.
1: All right. <laughs> okay, so in 2019 they said they don't have an EAT score. Doesn't happen. February of this year, 2020, they said they don't look for EAT. The system doesn't look for EAT. And this is this one cracked me up. In April of this year, Google says it hopes its systems align with EAT. <laughs> <laughs> so <It> hopes. <laughs>
0: yeah. So listeners, what this essentially well obviously the, the weirdness of Google is nothing new. But what eat is trying to do is ensure that sites that rank have. Um, are, are, I'm going to oversimplify this. So spare me, but, um, <laughs> essentially Google wants quality, right. And results and expertise, authoritativeness, and trust are three assets that they like to see within a website in terms of the content and the person behind it, persons, whatever it may be. And this is what they provided in terms of a guideline to their, um, human reviewers um, and it makes good sense right you want to have something that's authoritative it's written by an expert and uh, you there's mm-hmm. a certain amount of trust um, but it was done manually this is not something they've algorithmically built in they say and then of course as you just heard things are changing and now they hope its system is now aligning with the this is all being written on the wall we all know that Google's trying to get to the point that they can do this without a people. Right. That's why they have people doing it and training the system.
1: And that's why they have um, <laughs> artificial intelligence and exactly. all that good stuff. Well, <laughs> if, and if you want to know more about EAT specifically, um, since it's not an actual score, the, the really the best thing you can do is go and read the, the Google quality um, raters guidelines, which is where EAT came from. That's where it's explained. And basically what happens is when they're telling the quality raters, how do you score pages? They, they give them this expertise, authoritativeness, and trust descriptions in these guidelines to say, does it fit within these, within these guidelines basically? Yeah. Uh, but they don't do that in the algorithms. They just do that for the quality raters to help them understand what they're supposed to be looking for. Yeah.
0: But it makes sense that they'd, they would say now that, well, of course we'd love this to align with each. <laughs> yeah. No, duh. <laughs> um it's just a natural progression that, the, that would that would mean that their system's gotten that much better. So, uh, fair enough. Yeah. All right. Well, that was a lot. Uh, I think uh, we said a, a lot. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed the show. So on behalf of myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing and John Carcutt, the director of SEO for Advanced Local. Thank you for joining us today. If you have any questions you'd like to share with us, please feel free to post them on our Facebook group, easily found by searching SEO 101 podcast on Facebook. I should note we haven't had many questions lately, so please do drop a few in there. We yes, always love questions. to have them at the end. Yeah, there's got to be some questions. Or have we done such a good job? There's none. Maybe that's the case.
1: That's it. We've, just, yeah. we've, we've educated everybody on everything.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly.
1: All right. Well, have a great week. And
0: remember to tune into future episodes, which are at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, every Monday on
2: webmasterradio.net. Thanks for
1: listening, everybody.